And some legends say that the summertime slasher still stalks the woods outside Camp Alberts to this very day, waiting for another unsuspecting counselor or innocent camper to wander into the forest. And get hacked to pieces! Mackenzie yelled, hoping to scare her fellow counselors. She laughed as Tom jumped slightly, attempting to conceal his heavy breathing after the successful scare. Oh my god, Tom, did I actually scare you? Mackenzie asked, through subdued laughter. No, uh, no, it's just, um, just cold out here, it just got a little chilly. Tom justified. Something sent a shiver down your spine, Tom, but it definitely wasn't the wind. Emma said it with a smirk. Too bad the kids aren't here yet. Would have loved to see their reactions, Bart said as he pulled his blanket up over his hands and forearms. The fire the teenagers all sat around crackled and whipped around gently with the light breeze that swirled around them. Well, when they get here on Tuesday, maybe we can do another telling of the story, Emma said with a smile as she leaned back in her camp chair. We're already in summertime slasher territory? A voice asked from a few feet away from the teens. Several of them looked back to see Toby and Joel returning with several more pieces of firewood. Oh yeah, Emma said with a mile-wide grin. Gotta make sure Tom doesn't sleep on his first night as counselor. The two teenagers chuckled as they dropped the firewood next to the dwindling flames. Mackenzie yawned. God, I feel so old. It's only like nine and I'm already tired? She asked. Yeah, my head to bed soon, Bart added. I want to get up early and get some more stuff done around camp before the kids get here. Emma folded her hands in her lap. I think I might go on a short hike tomorrow if anyone feels like joining me. Sure, I'll go. It'll be nice to actually get a lay of the land. Joel said as he stuffed his hands into his pockets. Tom shook his head. I think I'll stay here a bit longer. Really? Emma asked, leaning forward in her seat. Even with... The summertime slasher lurking in the woods? She said with a cackle. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Mackenzie stretched, then stood up. Alright. See you guys tomorrow. Anyone want to walk me back to my cabin? She asked with a smirk. Bart chimed in as he too stood up. I'm going to hit the hay. I'll walk with you. He said, folding his blanket over his arm. The two teens walked off towards the cabins as they said their goodbyes to their fellow counselors. Emma leaned back in her chair, glancing at the remaining people. Tom sat close to the fire. Joel and Toby, who both stood at the outer edge of the fire, walked over and took the seats of Bart and Mackenzie. I might go with you guys on that hike tomorrow, if that's alright. Totally. More the merrier. Emma said as an uncomfortable silence befell the group. They stared at the crackling fire, its bright hot flames reaching up into the dark night sky, hoping to climb far enough to burn among the stars. Slowly the fire burned back down to the glowing logs in the bottom of the metal pit they'd built it in. A popping noise jumped from the logs as everyone momentarily made awkward eye contact, before suddenly averting their gaze. Uh, Toby muttered. Uh, Emma, uh, you having fun your first week back? Absolutely, 
So much nicer to be out here than back home. She responded, cracking her knuckles. How was the year back home for you? Joel asked, leaning forward slightly to see around Toby. Shitty. Mom's got another new boyfriend. Emma remarked, as she looked down at her fingernails. Real piece of shit, that guy. She's been with him since... November? Joel and Toby nodded. Real fun to spend Christmas with Howie. Real enjoyable to wake up to nothing under the piss-poor tree we got this year. Because Howie pawned a bunch of the gifts Mom bought me and my brother all so we could pay off a little bit more of his stupid fucking speedboat. She continued. He... He has a... Sp a speedboat? Toby asked carefully. Yep. And all I wanted for Christmas were some art supplies and some sketchbooks. Evidently, supporting that asshole's boat fund is more important than making sure Richie and I don't have a terrible fucking holiday. Emma said disdainfully. Well, uh, shit, um, that sucks, Joel said. At least I'm back here for the summer, Emma said, lifting her head up to look at the others. Howie wanted us to go visit his family and of me coming here. I had to fight tooth and nail to make it this summer. Hey, well, at least we're all back together, Toby remarked. Yeah. As the conversation and the fire quieted down for the night, the remaining counselors put out the flames as best they could and headed off to their cabins. Emma stepped inside her section of the counselors' quarters. You enjoy your makeout session with the boys? A voice asked from beneath covers in the dark room. Oh, shut up, Aaron. We didn't do anything, but somehow that's still more action than you're going to see this summer. Emma snapped back, slipping off her pants and kicking off her shoes as she stumbled through the lightless housing area. She slipped on her pajama pants and changed her shirt before climbing into bed. Night, Emma, Mackenzie said, breaking the silence. Night, Mac. Emma paused a moment. Night, Aaron. Night, Grace. Grace was already fast asleep, but Aaron responded with a reluctant good night. The next morning, Emma was one of the first ones awake and up to start her day. As she got dressed and walked through the cabin, she quietly checked each of the other girls to see if anyone else was awake. Aaron and Grace were still fast asleep, and as Emma approached Mackenzie, she whispered to the sleeping counselor. Mac, are you up? She asked in a hushed tone. Mackenzie groaned as she buried her face in her pillow, bothered to be awoken at such an early hour. No clue you managed to get up earlier than this when the campers are here every year. Emma muttered as she left Mackenzie to sleep a while longer. She stepped outside into the crisp, fresh air that permeated the campgrounds, glancing down to the boys' sleeping area. She walked slowly to their door, appreciating the serene sights and sounds that enveloped her. As Emma stepped up and ready to harsh knock, Joel saw her lead up and quickly hurried to the door, waving her off gently as he approached. Hey, hey, Toby and I are getting ready. I don't want to wake anybody else up right now, Joel stated as he disappeared back into the cabin. Toby neared the door, gently popping it open and stepping outside to stand with Emma. He just got to put his hiking boots on, then we'll head out, Toby said as he looked around. Emma nodded. So where do you want to go? Toby asked, 
fixing the disheveled sleeve on his flannel. Not sure. Figured we'd just hike around for a while, get familiarized with the trails again. Sounds good. Joel stepped out of the cabin, appropriately dressed. God, it feels so good to be back out here. So much nicer to be out in the open and not cramped up in an apartment, Toby remarked. Yeah, went hiking a couple weeks ago. It was nice to get back at it before I headed up here, Joel agreed. Emma inhaled deeply as rays of early sunshine poked through the tree branches, a gentle breeze waving them up and down as birds sat nestled at the tops. You know, I love when the kids are here, and, you know, we're doing everything with them, but that's really nice. Just us, hanging out here for a few days by ourselves. Emma stated as the three walked up a wide dirt path. Yeah, we should all try to get together during the off months sometime, Toby mentioned. Emma and Joel nodded and muttered in agreement. One thing I'm not looking forward to are the bracelets. Joel said. Emma glanced behind her and responded. How can you still not figure those things out? Okay, it's not that I can't figure them out. They're not hard to put together. I just never get the string through the holes in the beads. It's always like one or two kids that make fun of me. Joel replied. Hey, don't feel bad, man, Toby started. One year during breakfast, I tripped and spilled my entire meal all down my shirt. He shuddered. There are still people around here that call me Counselor Ham and Cheese. Oh, that's rough. How come I never heard about that? Joel asked. Emma chimed in. Happened the year before you came aboard, and I don't think Toby really likes people bringing it up. Toby grimaced. Not particularly. Mac loves talking about it, Emma continued. Almost every year she tells that story to multiple new campers, and they always love hearing it. Hey, glad that memory's bringing someone joy. Sure as hell wasn't me, Toby said offhandedly as he looked around the woods. They walked for a while longer before Toby began to look fidgety. Hey man, you good? Joel asked as they all stopped. Uh, yeah, I have to, um, use the restroom, Toby said. You guys continue on, I'll catch up. No, we can just wait for you, Joel said, folding his arms. Yeah, it'd be nice to stop in and take the scenery for a moment. Okay, well, I'll be back shortly, Toby said as he rushed off back down the trail a ways and almost dove out of sight into the bushes that surrounded both sides of the pathway. A few moments ticked by as Emma and Joel looked around in silence. A squirrel hopped from branch to branch, a fact that caused Joel to smile as he watched the adorable critter hurrying back to wherever its home was. So, Emma started. Nice weather, huh? Joel chuckled. Very original. I try to be. You see the uh, big sports game last night? Joel shot back. Oh yeah, love those uh, sports teams. Emma responded, raising an eyebrow. Go sports fellas. Joel mumbled as the two snickered back into silence. Emma inhaled deeply. I wonder how long it's going to be. Eh, no clue. Shouldn't be too long, I'd imagine. 
As Toby zipped back up his pants and straightened out his black jacket, he stood as straight as he could and cracked his back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the stuff, he whispered. His attention was grabbed by a branch snapping from what sounded like several yards away. Uh, someone there? Toby asked nervously. He looked around, hoping to see a deer munching on some leaves or something like that. Hello? He asked again, on edge from not receiving a response. If this is supposed to be some kind of prank, you're, you're a little early. This kind of... Toby's voice trailed off as a tall figure peered out from beneath a thick tree. He swallowed. His breathing became shallow as his heart rate climbed. What the hell? He whispered as this massive figure stepped fully into view. It made no noise, no attempt at speaking. It stood there quietly, almost in an unintentionally intimidating manner. This isn't funny, Toby said, hoping to mask his fear. The figure took a single step forward, its dark green boiler suit rustling and creasing as it did so. Toby followed, stepping backwards while maintaining his view of the ominous figure. Suddenly they both froze, keeping their focus on each other. The figure stood motionless, its feet buried in the bushes, and Toby mentally psyched himself up for a quick getaway. The figure crouched down, bending its knees like it was preparing to chase him down on a similar sudden sprint. Okay, you got me. Uh, who, who's this? Toby asked, his voice more clearly wavering. The figure's arm, which it held behind its back, slowly shifted into view. It brandished a knife, a red liquid stained across the tip of the blade. Without thinking, Toby jerked around and sprinted back up the trail towards his fellow counselors. His breath rose and dropped sharply as his heart began pumping in overdrive. He heard the twigs and brush rustling behind him. Terrified, he ran in a dead sprint up the trail, and almost instantly, the second he decided to scream up to his friends for help, he felt a sharp stinging pain in his back. He yelped as he felt the blade pierce his back and sail directly through his chest. A hand, covered by a dark black glove, wrapped around his face, obscuring his mouth as the arm attached pulled Toby backward into the figure's grasp. He groaned as the knife was ripped from his back, then quickly inserted again, tearing his flesh in several more places as the figure aggressively and hurriedly stabbed him several more times. Blood lunged back onto the figure's boiler suit, staining the greasy outfit, as Toby wheezed and spat up blood and saliva. Please, he whimpered. Unsatisfied not wanting to leave anything up to chance, the figure raised the large knife up to Toby's throat and slashed it. Blood sprayed everywhere, dripping down his chest and painting the ground, as the dirt and dust mixed with the dark fluid. He gurgled as the figure repeated the slashing, almost severing Toby's head. The life had instantly drained from him, as the figure let go of the counselor, backing away as he dropped down into his own blood, which smeared across the torso and face. The figure reached down and grabbed Toby by the ankle, dragging the counselor into the bushes, which obscured the body. 
Almost ten minutes had passed as Joel and Emma stood in silence. Where is he? Joel asked. He should be back by now. I'm sure he's fine. He probably just went back down to the camp, Emma assured her friend. You think so? Joel asked. Yeah, why don't we get back to our hike? If he's still pissing, he'll either catch up to us or head back down. Not like there's too many off-trails to go on, Emma replied. Joel reluctantly agreed as the pair returned to their hike. Soon, Emma and Joel had walked the entire loop that encompassed most of the camp and returned to the housing area. That was nice, Emma remarked. Yeah, can't wait to go on more hikes with the kids. Yeah, should be fun. Okay, I'm going to go see if Max up yet, Emma said as she wandered off. Have fun. I'm going to go look around and see if Toby showed up. Emma flashed a thumbs up as she entered her cabin. As she came in, she saw Mackenzie getting ready. Where do you go off to this morning? Mackenzie asked. Went hiking with Toby and Joel. You were there last night when I mentioned that. Mackenzie nodded her head in a sudden remembrance. Right, right, yeah, forgot about that. You have fun? She asked. Eh, it's always nice to get out and get some early morning fresh air every once in a while. Emma chuckled. Good for the lungs. Well, you enjoyed yourself, so I guess that's all that matters. Erin sat up in the bed, her sandy blonde hair disheveled from her time asleep. She smacked her lips loudly. By the way, you seen Toby anywhere? Emma asked, crossing her arms. Uh, wasn't he with you? Mackenzie was quiet a moment. Uh, no. Why? Well, he went to, um, relieve himself while we were hiking, and Joel and I walked around forever for him to come back, but never did. Mackenzie raised an eyebrow. We assumed he'd come back down here. Well, I haven't seen him, but that doesn't mean much. I haven't gone outside yet. He could be down here somewhere. Mackenzie said, if only to reassure herself. At any rate, I'm, I'm sure I'll turn up. You're probably right, Emma smiled. Hours soon ticked by, the counselors sticking close to camp and getting themselves in the grounds ready for the incoming campers. The sun had just begun to contemplate setting for the day as Bart stood overlooking the lake, his arms folded as he watched the gentle water rippling. He heard quiet panting coming up from behind him. He turned to see Tom, climbing up the somewhat steep trail, followed shortly by Mackenzie, who quickly and effortlessly hurried up the pathway. Hurry up or move over, man, she jabbed at Tom. Jesus Christ, why is this trail so much harder than anything else around here? He panted. Yeah, just you wait for a hike up Elkhorn Trail. That's a real bitch. But if you're having trouble on the Sunday stroll up here to the lake, we're going to have to get the whole team to get started building your coffin now. Tom stopped, quickly turning and facing Mackenzie. What the... What the hell is your problem? He asked between deep breaths. Mackenzie shirked her shoulders back and gave him an appalled look. What, what are you talking about? 
what what are you what am I talking about? Gee, I don't know, maybe why all of you are out to just harass the shit out of me? Tom started. I know that I'm the new guy here, and sure, I expected some light hazing or some shit from at least a couple of you once or twice, but we've been here for almost a week now, and you've done nothing but be a pain in the ass to me this entire time. Mackenzie stood stunned. I, I don't get why you such have a hard-on for giving me shit, Mackenzie. It's Just... Mackenzie cut him off. Oh, okay. Look, I'm sorry, right? Sorry I've been such an ass to you, Tom. She raised her hand slightly. I'll stop doing it. I'll stop making comments. Her attempt almost read as sincere to Tom, but even still he just shook his head and pushed past her, heading back towards the cabins. She turned and watched him walk away, her body jerking forward an inch to try and go after him, but Bart stopped her. Just let him cool down. I guess we have been kind of a bunch of assholes to him, Bart said in a collected tone. Mackenzie looked back to him, before taking the last few steps to stand next to him on the dock of the lake. I didn't mean it to be... Well, thought we were just having some fun. Yeah, at his expense. Mackenzie looked out in the lake dejectedly. Just let him sleep on it. Try to, um, I guess come up with a better apology and tell him tomorrow? And maybe just do it when it's you two. He might think you aren't being sincere if you have an audience. Mackenzie nodded her head. That's good advice. They stood idle for a short while, watching the lake as the sun started to disappear behind the trees, the moon and stars now much more visible in the sky above the camp. It's nice out tonight. Mackenzie said, if only to break the silence. Bart muttered in agreeance. You staying out much longer? he asked. Hmm, probably not. I think I'll head back to cabin soon, get some reading done. She responded. Sounds nice. Oh, hey, did Toby ever turn up? No, we still can't find him. I think the few of the others were going to go look for him, Mackenzie stated. Ah, shit. Hope he's okay. I'm sure he just got lost out in the woods. I'll find him eventually, I'm sure. Mackenzie assured as she turned away from Bart. Oh, um, hmm. See you later, Bart. Bart half-heartedly waved his hand as Mackenzie quickly descended the trail back towards the cabins. He watched her for a few seconds before turning back to look out at the lake. Man, it's beautiful out tonight, he remarked to himself. Suddenly, bushes nearby rustled loudly, which took a hold of his attention. He turned his head, craning his neck out to see if something was there. Hello? he asked. No response. Brett started towards the noise. Huh. Bart's words were cut off by the abrupt appearance of a strange figure, almost invisible in the evening air as its dark green boiler suit camouflaged amongst the brush and trees that surrounded the lake. Its face was even stranger. It wore a disgusting mask, one that looked like it had been fashioned from leather and hide, with long strands of black hair sticking out of the top, which draped down over the face of the disguise. Oh my god, he whispered. Without a word, the figure bolted at Bart, who tripped and stumbled as he attempted to run. Within seconds, 
The figure stretched its arm out and grabbed him by the collar of his black shirt. Bart whimpered and stammered as the figure looked into his eyes, which had almost glazed over with fear. I... Please... Please, I don't want to die. Bart's pleading was quickly interrupted by a sudden wince of pain. The figure stuck its large knife into his gut, rapidly pulling it out and jabbing it back in, ripping apart the counselor's shirt, staining it as the bud splattered up on Bart's chin. He gasped as the killer tore his knife from Bart's lower torso before wiping his weapon across the blood-soaked boiler suit. Bart coughed blood under the killer's mask as he pushed away from his attacker. He dropped to his feet, stumbling down the dock towards the water, burning up what was left of his strength. Large drops of blood fell to the squeaky boards of the dock as Bart tried to hold his intestines inside himself. Fuck. Help. He moaned as he approached the end of the dock. The killer walked slowly, followed Bart to the edge of the dock, knowing there was only one possible way out of this for the counselor. Bart glanced over his shoulder to see the freakish assailant hurriedly gaining ground on him. He gasped as he reached over the final board to the water. He glanced again to see the killer beginning to sprint. As he reached out to grab Bart, the teenager jumped into a canoe that rested atop the gentle lake. Oh, fuck, fuck! He yelped as his wounds stung, almost feeling his intestines sloshing around inside him. The killer dropped to his knees as he missed his target, swinging the knife out of the counselor as Bart drifted away from the dock. How? He groaned in pain as the blood in his hands dripped to the bottom of the canoe. He stared up at the stars briefly. He could feel the life fleeing his body. He looked over to the dock where he saw the killer stand up and take several steps backwards. His eyes widened. Only one thought sparked in his head. No. He wheezed, blood dribbling onto his chin. The killer broke into a dead sprint, gripping the knife tightly as step by step he reached the end of the dock, leaping from it and launching through the air, landing on Bart's canoe. The water shook violently as the heavy figure landed on the lightweight vehicle. Water splashed up into Bart's face, temporarily blinding him as the figure struggled to stay holding onto the canoe and his knife. Bart swung violently and randomly, hoping his efforts would be enough to dislodge the killer from the side of the canoe. He hit his attacker in the side of the head, knocking the knife from his hand into the water. It floated briefly before starting to sink. A moment of reprieve struck Bart as the killer almost seemed shocked, diving off the boat after the knife. Bart gasped as tears and water mixed on his cheeks, reaching his arm over the side, splashing aggressively in a desperate attempt to paddle back to shore. He looked around as he grunted, with no signs of the killer. His focus had shifted from survival to getting to shore, when suddenly, the killer exploded out of the water, raising his hand that held the steak knife. The blood that had stained it previously had begun to wash off as the figure swam towards Bart. Fuck off! He strained, pulling his arm back up from the water and balling his hands into fists. The killer stabbed his knife into the side of the canoe as he reached it, ripping a hole as wide as his fist into the red wood. Water rushed in, flooding the boat 
as Bart's mind kicked into overdrive. It was do or die. With as much strength as he could muster, Bart pulled his knee back and dove the bottom of his sneaker into the killer's face, sending him back into the water. Bart grabbed the knife, which was still lodged in the large hole, and pulled it out, pointing it at the killer as he steadied himself in the raucous water that surrounded them. He put his hands out in front of him to defend against Bart's new weapon. For the faintest of moments, the stinging pain in Bart's wounds lifted, and a wave of anger surged in his veins. Stay back! He shouted. Suddenly, as the canoe took on too much water to stay afloat, it collapsed, sinking down into the lake. Shit! Bart yelped as he fell into the water, his grip on the knife softening. The killer lunged at the vulnerable counselor, grabbing his wrist and hand, trying to wrestle the knife away from him. Bart used his free hand to punch the killer in the face, but he quickly righted himself and headbutted Bart. Stunned, he groaned as he dropped far enough below the water to start inhaling it. He shot back up and coughed up the liquid as he slashed the killer. One of the strikes connected with his forearm, ripping open the green boiler suit to reveal barely visible charred flesh beneath it, splashing blood into the water as the knife pulled away. In a final push, the killer grabbed the knife by the blade, his black glove wrapping around it and ripping it from Bart's hand. The sharp pain of his wounds reappeared as the killer impaled Bart in the shoulder, grabbing him by the neck with his free hand and pushing him down into the lake. Bart struggled and thrashed as the water flooded into his lungs, into every orifice on his face as he sunk down to the depths of the lake with the killer above him, choking the life out of the dying counselor. His desperate gasps only quickened the inevitable, weighing him down further. Seconds later, the life was drained from his eyes as the killer let go, putting his boot on Bart's torso, pulling the knife out, and pushing the teenager further down into the lake as he quickly accelerated to the surface. The figure surfaced, water rushing off his mask as he glanced to his arm to see that the blood had stopped and the wound had sealed. He swam to the dock, pulling himself up onto it as the grass hung from his outfit and water dumped out of his suit. I just don't understand how he could be gone this long, Emma remarked as she and Joel returned from searching the camp for Toby. Yeah, this isn't like him. He'd never be out this late, Joel said as he clicked his flashlight off. I... I think we should call the cops, Emma said, looking to Joel. He might have gotten hurt, and we aren't equipped to go on a search effort. Joel nodded in agreement. I'll head back to my cabin, get the police on the phone. Emma looked worried as she glanced back to the forest behind them. We'll find him, Joel assured her before walking off. Emma headed back to her cabin to sit and wait for Joel. She stepped inside to see Mackenzie lying on her bed, staring at the ceiling, as Grace and Aaron chatted over a table in the building. Are you okay? Emma asked Mackenzie as she moved closer to her. Are you okay is the better question. You look like shit. We couldn't find Toby, Emma replied. God damn it, she whispered. This whole night's gone to shit. Yeah, that's... that's pretty apt, Emma said, crossing her arms. I think I'm gonna walk back down to Joel's cabin. He's calling the cops to see if they can send somebody out. We can't exactly search for Toby on our own. 
she continued, turning back to the door. All right, let me know how that goes, Mackenzie said as she sat up. Emma opened the door to see Tom standing in front of it, stopping sharply to not hit him. Oh, whoa, sorry, Tom. It's fine. Is Mackenzie in there? He asked. I need to talk to her. Uh, yeah. Hey, Mac? Yep. She asked as she stood up. Uh, Tom wants to talk to you. Emma said as she stepped outside to pass the counselor, walking off towards Joel's cabin. Oh, good. Mackenzie muttered as she approached the door. I... I need to talk to you too, Tom. She continued as she clasped her hands. Uh, could I come inside? It's a little cold out tonight. Mackenzie ushered Tom inside and he shut the door behind him. Listen, um, I just want to say I'm sorry for snapping at you earlier. He started. Oh, um, I also want to apologize. It wasn't right or fair of me to treat you like that, Mackenzie said. He looked somber. I'm... I'm really sorry for everything I've said to you this week. She tilted her head back and forth. I'm, uh, not exactly the best at reading social cues, so I'm usually the last one to let go of something, she explained. Which I know doesn't excuse my behavior, but I just... Look, at any rate, I'm really sorry. I won't do it again. Well, thank you, but... I shouldn't have lashed out like that. That wasn't, maybe, the best way I could have confronted you about the situation, Tom said as he leaned against the cabin door. Look, maybe tomorrow at breakfast we could try, I don't know, starting over? He continued. We've all made mistakes. I think we should just wipe the slate clean. Mackenzie smiled sweetly. I like that. It's a good start. Tom inhaled deeply. Well, um... The sound of wood crunching came from behind Tom. Mackenzie screamed as she watched the blade of a large knife pierce Tom's chest. He gasped. What the fuck? A gloved hand burst through the door right next to his head, with an open palm, before grabbing Tom by the jaw. He yelled through the hand as he thrashed around. Mackenzie yelped. Tom! She reached out to grab his shirt as Grace and Aaron quickly came over to check out the commotion. Without preamble, the hand pulled back, and Tom exploded through the thin wooden door, splaying bloodied wood chips all over the ground outside the cabin. Holy fuck! Mackenzie screamed as she watched the killer pull Tom to the ground and begin stabbing him. The blade dropped down in rows in a hypnotically rhythmic motion, a perfect mechanism diving into Tom's chest as he coughed up blood under the killer's wet mask. Mackenzie quickly stepped outside, breaking into a sprint for Joel's cabin as Aaron and Grace followed suit. Mackenzie glanced back to see the killer lurching up to grab Aaron by the neck, pushing her back into the doorframe to obstruct Grace's path. He put the large knife to Aaron's throat and pulled it across her skin, splitting the flesh as dark red blood gushed down her beige shirt, covering the killer's hand as she gripped his forearm tightly. The killer dropped her twitching body to the ground to writhe in its own oozing liquid as he stepped inside to attack Grace. Mackenzie's mind flared up with fright, pure unbridled terror crawling from the deepest recesses of her mind. She reached Joel's cabin and started pounding on the door. Emma quickly opened it to her frantic friend, who grabbed her arm and pulled her out. We have to go now! That fucker killed Tom! Uh, and Aaron and Grace! We need to go! 
What? Who? What's going on? Emma asked as Jules stepped up behind her. Emma turned her head to see the killer step out of the cabin, completely drenched in dripping blood, standing over the slain bodies of Tom and Aaron, gripping tightly his weapon of choice, staring menacingly at the counselors. Oh shit! Emma yelled as she turned and grabbed Jules' wrist. Let's go! She shouted. What the fuck's happening? Joel asked as the three ran down the main road to the camp, heading for the parked cars near the entrance. Joel, tell me you have your fucking car keys! Emma shouted as they hurried down the road, pursued by the killer, who was so confident in his ability to catch the teenagers, he was only walking. Uh, yeah, yeah, my jeep's down at the end of the left row, Joel said as he fumbled in his pocket for his keys. He pulled them out as they neared the row of vehicles, each stained with dirt, dust, and mud from the trek up here to the camp. He clicked the unlock button and his jeep chirped awake, lights underneath its mirrors illuminating the doors. Joel looked back to see the killer had gained quickly and was right behind them. He stabbed at Joel several times, each hit connecting with the counselor's back. Fuck! <sighs> Shit! He yelped as the counselors ran faster as the adrenaline surged through their veins, as the killer slowed to a brisk walk again. Mac! The keys, I can't drive, Joel said as he handed Mac the keys. What? I I've never driven a jeep before, she said in a panic. Emma ripped open the door as Joel dove inside, climbing into the back with him as Mackenzie jumped into the driver's seat, shoving the key into the ignition, almost panicking as the jeep tried to come to life. Take the key out and uh, put it back in, Joel stuttered as Emma covered his wounded back with her flannel. What? she whimpered following his instructions. The jeep rubbed to life as Mackenzie turned the lights on and peeled out, driving almost 50 yards to the camp entrance as they watched the killer chase after them through the rear view. Shit! Fucking shit! She yelled as they saw bursts of flashing red and blue lights through the trees that bookended the camp gate. Uh, Officers Miller and Hansen, on scene, investigating reports of a missing camp counselor? Officer Miller said through the radio. Copy that. Dispatch responded. Shit, Camp Alberts? I used to come here a few years back. Officer Hansen said as they approached the gate. Cops, shit! Mackenzie said as she stepped on the brakes, skidding out into the main road as they nearly collided with the officers. The cops stepped out of their cars, drawing their weapons. Hey, what's going on? Hansen asked as he held his shotgun, seeing the car was occupied by teenagers. Mackenzie rolled her window down. There's some fucking psycho trying to kill us! She shouted as he pointed towards the killer, who was quickly gaining ground on the scene. Hansen glanced between the teens and the killer, then at Miller. Shit, he mumbled. Oregon State Police! Put your hands above your head now! He shouted as he brought up his weapon. Noticing the knife, he repeated. Drop the knife and get on the ground now! Hansen aimed the shotgun at the killer, who bolted at the officers. Drop the knife! Miller shouted as he aimed his handgun. As the killer sprinted at him, Hansen pulled the trigger, a deafening but sudden boom erupting from the firearm, colliding with the killer like a meteor, knocking him to the ground. His body laid flat, the boiler suit and mask torn from the blast, revealing charred flesh and bone underneath. He still clutched the knife. Hansen walked around the car, slowly approaching the killer. He kept his shotgun trained on the assailant, watching him carefully. Instantly, 
The killer kicked the officer's leg, knocking him forward as he raised his knife. He rose quickly, running at the squad car with Hansen impaled on the blade before launching him into the windshield of their vehicle. Miller opened fire on the crazed lunatic, hitting him in the chest several times as the killer ran at the other officer. He stuck the knife into his neck, ripping it open as he pushed Miller up against the car door. He gurgled as blood ran down onto uniform as he slid to the ground. The killer stepped out from behind the squad car to face Mackenzie down in the jeep. Oh shit, she yelled. Step on it, Emma yelled. Wait, I don't... My insurance lasped, Joel stammered as Mackenzie hit the gas, peeling out and ramming into the killer, throwing him to the ground several yards away. Fuck, let's get out of here. No, uh, not yet, Emma said breathily as she reached for the door handle. What the fuck are you doing? Mackenzie screamed as Emma jumped out and ran for the knife. Gotta make sure you're actually dead, you fucker. Otherwise... She thought as she grabbed the knife, feeling power flash in her veins. You'll do this again, and again, and again. She rushed to the killer, stabbing her knife into his chest multiple times with the rhythm of her words. As the knife stuck into his torso, tearing a hole in the boiler suit, he blinked to life and grabbed her arm, attempting to push the knife away from stabbing him anymore. Fucking die! She screamed as she pushed down in the knife as hard as she could. Mackenzie opened her door and hopped off, heading for the officer's squad car. What the fuck is happening? Joel asked frankly as he slumped back in the back seat. Mac, I've got this, Emma said as she struggled. You're not a superhero, Emma, Mackenzie said as she picked up Miller's handgun. Approaching Emma, as her friend impaled the killer with his own knife, Mackenzie fired several times into the killer's chest for good measure, taking aim at his head momentarily but failing to do it. Emma stood up and both girls backed off. She looked at Mackenzie and to Joel in the Jeep. They're never gonna believe us. She muttered as she panted heavily, staring down at the bloodied slasher.